0: everybody out there how are things how are you getting on it's uh tuesday night i think we're on is it tuesday night yeah it's tuesday night it is absolute scorcher out there the summer weather is keeping us busy it's keeping us nice hope everybody's enjoying their life out there and getting up to mischief and doing all things nice and keeping everything healthy as best we can i am being joined by the one and only he's an absolute legend in the music industry in Cork Mr. Stevie G or as he's known by his mother Stephen Granger but we are going to be joined by us Uh, we're going to ask him all things nice all things music Uh, we'll see how he managed to open for Snoop and how he got uh, the infamous Kanye West to play at his club as well and he also opened for Kanye way back in the day when Kanye was still kind of cool and not on his mad happy pills but we'll get into that with him in a little while so if I press this button here now Now, he should be able to join us. Let's just check it out.
1: Stevie, my brother, how's life? Ernst, what's happening, man? How are you getting on? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you
0: coming on for us. It's a bigger deal for you to come on to my show than me to say thank you for coming on. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, it's (laughs) cool, man. It's cool. Thanks for having me. Uh, Your background is better than mine, so I apologize. Mine is a bit boring, like, you know, but...
0: Like I said, it's... Charity shop curtains in a set of cheap uplighters, but yeah, it's not what you have, it's it, is it? It's not the size of the boat in the ocean, but the motion in the ocean makes a difference. Like
1: you said it, man, you said it.
0: <laughs> so, right, we got to get into it. How did uh Stevie Granger become Stevie G? Let's go way back in the day.
1: Oh, god, uh, I think my friend Rory just started calling me Stevie G, and it was actually it was so far ago that it was before the footballer Stevie G even existed. <laughs> so, um unfortunately um i've been associated with him because i don't i I actually am a man united fan so uh yeah that was a bit unfortunate but look uh at the time it just it ended up just sticking so i suppose it's better for posters and all that kind of stuff like (laughs) and flyers and it's definitely easier to spell so yeah it's good
0: and it's easier to remember i suppose then yeah
1: yeah definitely (laughs) for me anyway (laughs) E- easier to say in a night out
0: come here where's that stevie Granger while you playing who's he where's that stevie he's exactly. playing oh he's playing up in the club boy. he's up in the path <laughs>
1: <laughs> not, any- not anymore though he's just playing in his kitchen at the moment but like, that's another story
0: <laughs> we're all doing our bit i saw you were doing the kiddies discos for a little while as well on uh, twitch yeah man
1: yeah doing a little to, uh, bit for the community just trying to keep occupied really like you know uh so yeah that that it actually seems like that was only like three three or four months ago but it seems like this thing was like seems like years ago now like started the lockdown, like you know.
0: It's it's bonkers. I did my bit as well down here doing it for kiddies discos and I think I was more nervous doing them kiddies discos than I've mm. ever been going online or doing any type of gig I've ever done. And I was more nervous talking to in front of a camera
1: and just, yeah. just my iPhone <laughs> did you whether
0: people were gonna listen.
1: Did you do them online as well?
0: Yeah, we did them on Facebook Live. But we oh. constantly got shut down all the time because yeah, of the copyright the robots.
1: Well, that's the only reason I use Twitch, man, because yeah. like the problem is with Facebook. It would be brilliant if you could open that up, but look, it's it's to do with all the record companies and rights and stuff. But um, when Facebook first did their lives in about 2014, there was none of that, and they were encouraging people to go live. So anytime you were live, you were on top of everyone's feed. Mm. And you'd have, I remember having a few thousand uh, viewers in one of my first lives on a Sunday morning in my attic, and I was like, this is the best ever. But then... <laughs> like all good things the record companies come in and they take and they just it shut it down exactly like so Twitch, <laughs> are, they don't really do shutdowns instagram they shut down instagram, uh, youtube yeah. will touch it on as well so i tried it all during the lockdown but look <laughs> we're still here anyway man
0: we're still here we're doing our bit for the small people of the world to keep them entertained while they're not wrecking their mums and dads heads like
1: exactly exactly so
0: how did you get into djing
1: uh, i just kind of fell into it um And I'm still in it, uh, unfortunately, some would say. But um, it it happened for, it was so far ago that people were buying records. So um, I was just buying records as a big music fan. I think even though I'm still a big uh, soccer fan or whatever, it replaced, it took over when I was about 12, I got really into music, like heavily into it. And I was just obsessed with it. And then I kind of realized that I was about 12 or 13 that. I wasn't going to probably play with Man United or whatever. <laughs> and I I kind of just, I was still into the football or whatever, but I kind of, music became my other passion. And at the time, it was all the pop stuff at the time, Michael Jackson, Prince, Madonna, U2, whoever was around. Then I got into like all sorts of stuff, like whatever, was punk, uh, reggae, and it actually led me into hip hop or whatever, um, which at the time was quite... Um, it was different, like, this is probably, yeah, I mean, it was, but it, wh- when I heard it, it gave the energy, it was good for teenagers, and that's why a mm-hmm. lot of teenagers still get into hip-hop, and teenagers who never grow old like me are, are still into it. But it, 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 that was the kind of real thing that kind of changed the game for me. And then I got a little bit disillusioned with some of it, because I thought some of the lyrics were not really, it was fine, like, but, like, I wasn't living the gangster lifestyle in uh, Cork City. <laughs> so I, I I got more, I, I prefer the soul, more soulful side of it. I got really into soul and jazz and stuff then. And and that just took me into other places then, you know, musically, took me to the radio clubs and even producing music and working with artists. So it's an interesting journey, but it just, there was nothing um, planned. Like, you know what I mean? Even when I went to college, I really started DJing. Oh yeah, that was the actual question. <laughs> when I got asked to just bring up some records one day to the college bar when I was about 18 I was in UCC and, and I was like sure I'm not a DJ and the guy Colum was like uh, Colm O'Riordan he's a, still a DJ in Dublin himself actually a producer he, uh, he was like listen man you've got good music so bring it up and we always just just put on some tunes on a Friday afternoon and it's so far to go now there was the old bar in UCC and people where, like, you could smoke in the bar at the time and people would just drink it all day and it was, like, a a massive session. And then I kind of got a bit of a buzz off that, even though I was just playing tunes. I wasn't mixing Mm -hmm. or anything. Then I entered a DJ competition in a bar called Donkey's Ears. My friend, another friend persuaded me to do that. And I won the first round. I couldn't believe it. Like, uh, all my friends turned up, so... And then the, the girl in the bar who ran the bar, Michelle was really impressed. She was like, This Jesus this guy's got loads of friends. Like so <laughs> she gave me a she gave me a night there. And then it, and then her brother used DJ in Sir Henry's, which is the big club at the time. And then he didn't turn up. And I used to go in there even like 16, 17, 18. Yeah. yeah. And he he couldn't turn up one night. So I got the call from Michelle. So it's was literally DJing the donkeys in my first ever proper gig. And then about a week later I got a call from Sir Henry's, which was like it was like being in Old Trafford or, do you know what Most I mean? Most DJs like, would
0: still give their left arm to yeah. play in Sir Henry's leg. Like.
1: And after that, uh, I just did a residency there. So it all just effortlessly fell into place, but there was nothing planned. Like I, I wasn't planning. And, and then when I finished college, I was like, kind of like, I'd still deciding what to do. And next thing you knew, I was kind of doing this. So, so, it was all, <laughs> so yeah, that's I, it. <laughs> Yeah, and radio then was the obvious logical progression. So that started with pirate radio, and after about four or five years, I just wanted to move into kind of like a bigger uh, situation there. So I, when Red FM started, I applied for that and I got that and been there since. So yeah, it just all kind of just effortlessly fell in, and life was good till the pandemic came and all. And it messed. Now there's been loads of ups and downs with anything in 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 the arts or music. It's yeah it's it's always going to be tough to make a living but look uh, i enjoy it and even when things are quiet at the moment i still enjoy cuz i i'm still doing other music related projects but um it's good man it's been a great journey so far but i'm only getting started
0: i only getting started still there's energy left in the in the engine yeah
1: yeah i've a lot <laughs> of energy thankfully that's the one thing i i, I definitely have like <laughs>
0: And then you got you got serious. You you are the uh the urban and hip hop guy on uh on Red Fm and stuff like that. And that really played a massive, massive sort of role in your life then coming up through everything, wasn't it? Because like, yeah like I said, you opened for Snoop, the mm. big man himself, and then you did Kanye West as well. Like there's not too many fellas from Cork now managed to get to sort of run with them boys, like.
1: Yeah, so all through the nineties, my vision was like hip hop became big in the nineties, right? Became more commercially viable, and when the R&B came in with it, it made it even more commercially viable. Now, I always had a vision, like I said earlier, I was getting disillusioned with just this kind of gangster hip hop. So when the R&B and hip hop came in together, I loved that sort of even the sound of girls, but they still had the hard hip hop beats. So yeah. it was a street kind of music that I loved, and that was the whole thing for me. That like I was pushing on in Sir Henry's and uh, in the '90s also on pirate radio. And I eventually knew that the music was going to be global. Like I knew, obviously, year like it happened in the '90s that the small groups that I was into blew up anyway. So there was like the Fugees with Lauryn Hill. There was Erika mm-hmm. Madu, D'Angelo, TLC. Uh, all of these, like even all the young singers like Brandi, Ali, and all them. I knew, I knew, obviously, even from going to the states, you could always. It was easy to tell. Like you could tell certain trends in music if you're really into it. Uh, but whatever about the trend, I knew that this was a sound that like, I had to be a part of it when it was getting bigger. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to move it from, like this was seen as, when I started off, I was in the back room of Henry's, Greg and Chamber, Fish Go Deep in the in the main room. Mm-hmm. So this was back room music. But over that time, by the time I left Henry's, it was almost like I was in the main room of the Savoy. The mm-hmm. music was going center stage. So that's why I, I, I was like, do you know what? My music isn't like, it's not underground uh, it's it kind of was underground, but I also it was very accessible to people, mm. so I wanted to give it a bigger platform, and that's why I moved to Red FM. Uh, and I wanted to widen it then, like because pirate radio was good, but it was great going on a legitimate situation. Now, ironically, I ended up doing radio full time and did mainstream shows for, for years too, I did 10 years of that between mm-hmm. 2004 and 2014 and i'm now back to just doing like my kind of like weekend shows and that probably suits to better because the mainstream i could do it all right but it's like i'm more suited to, to the kind of music i like you know which is i mean These it's not just me yeah and i could do the other thing but like uh other other djs are more better at just being like DJs, that, like I was doing everything at the time, doing the sport and all that. And I I had fun bantering with like the news and sport. And but like other like a mainstream show on mainstream radio, you're playing a bit of everything. And yeah, yeah. Not, even though I like all those bands, whoever was out at the time, it could be like the White Stripes or the Killers or whoever the hell. But it's, yeah, I just prefer, like, I'm better off just doing my thing, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. my kind of music, which would be kind of like, I suppose. You'd probably call it black music. Uh, and ironically, in the last 10, 20 years, then we've had different things here. So there's been like a, an influx of uh, migrants for the first ever time in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing a lot of African music and working with artists, young artists who are Afro-Irish, if you want to call it that. So that's that all dynamic has been a natural, interesting thing as well for me. But yeah, it's just, it's like, as I said, nothing was ever planned. I always have a little bit of a plan, but I am always looking, trying to look forward. But at the same time, sometimes you just got to go with the flow. Like, you know, (laughs) definitely, you know, Uh, um, plans of mice and men. Actually, actually with all those artists you mentioned, then like in the nineties, we were very much Henry's was the hub, but there was other clubs too. And there was some great bars and stuff, but, um, the kind of uh it was always built about the residents and that's why cork got a really good reputation for djs is that like we were playing every week like i was literally playing at sir henry's every week for four hours on, for, on a saturday uh and i was doing the pirate radio and we all were doing radio friendly here and other stations and you really built it like you know it was like a kind of a word of mouth thing through mm-hmm. mixtapes which was our social media in a way <laughs> and you're building it on a very kind of like you're building a good relationship in, in Cork and I was doing it all around the country then because I was playing in Dublin and Galway and Limerick or whatever. But then in the it was a bit harder to do that as the late bars kicked in and things changed in the 2000s. But in the 2000s in Cork, some of the big promoters started putting on the shows. So that's when like obviously the Savoy Open, which is a big place. Like I got to run my jam night there for years, and even do two days just because we got all some of the big acts like Public Enemy and Dela Soul and all these people. But the big gigs in in the Marquee, which like you mentioned, Snoop and Kanye, and we had the Wu Tang in the Savoy, we had Fifty Cent in the Marquee, uh, Jay Z, and I warmed up for all these people, and it was, so that was cool. that Like it it, it elevated Cork. Now obviously. They had to take that a step further, and we're still waiting for the event center. But at the moment, <laughs> we're waiting for every event. So, but, um, but yeah, they- it's been an interesting journey because when I saw all of those guys come into Cork, it was kind of like, it, for me, I'd seen like because and there was people doing it before me. Like you know what I mean? I didn't start hip hop in Cork or anything. But for me to see it going from like there was probably like fifty people when I started off in the room to seeing like 5,000 people going mad to Kanye and Snoop or whatever. That's a really, it was a big thing, you know. And I know if you put on those, like Kanye filled out two dates in 2005, but if you put on um, a big artist like that in Cork, now, whoever would be contemporary, probably, you'd easily do the numbers if you had the venue, if you had the marquee or whatever. But uh, yeah, so it's it's cool to see the music. Like because some people had this kind of problem about, music when it gets very big you know they're like you Mm -hmm. know a bit possessive it's too too this it's too yeah no don't get me wrong a lot of hip-hop did like i still really like a lot of the new stuff that most people my age wouldn't like but it i like certain people like as i always say like hip-hop when i started in the 70s and 80s so there was all these guys in a tiny little bedroom uh the mother was probably downstairs uh (laughs) downstairs or whatever, and the little fellow uh, was up in the mic recorded into a little ghetto blast, and he was going on about how he was, like, getting all the girls and driving the big cars, and he was just rapping about it. But it was a fantasy, like, comic book. very related to comics, actually, which is yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a proper teenage escape. And it was really – when you're listening to it, even those records have a certain charm. But years later, then, the rappers did become big. Like, all oh, Jay-Z, he was rapping about drug dealing. It was brilliant because he did it. So the yeah. big <laughs> And then but years later, then Jay-Z is rapping about how many yachts he has and all that. And like, to me that's it's just not as exciting. Like so hip-hop, Puff Daddy, and all these guys ended up becoming so rich. And then what are you rapping about? You're not rapping about like a fantasy anymore. You're rapping about like how many hotels you got or whatever, or grills in your teeth. And to me, it, it lost a bit of its way. Then so that's why to this day I still like hearing like a young rapper whether it's a guy or a girl who's 17 or 18 and it's about a lot of it is just about persona and bragging and blah 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 but it, it sounds better to me when it's someone bragging and necessarily yeah exactly like uh and it's there's something about that 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 i that i, that I like a lot you know but um but to be honest, like hip hop is also something that it's almost like a kind of like a movie. Like, you know, I look at some of it, but it's a bit like, in a way, I keep saying soccer. It's it's, it's one of my big things, too. It's, if you watch the Premier League in soccer, it's almost like Hollywood. Yeah. It's not really real that some guy is making 300k a week or whatever. Whereas, like, I go down to Cork City and I see a real kind of situation or I train young fellas there, my, my young fellas, I train them. And yeah, that's yeah. more like grassroots. So in a way, you could look at the music industry as a bit like that too. Like some of these guys, like you mentioned Kanye. I know, to be honest, I I don't I wouldn't like.
0: Would you open for him tomorrow now if he came over?
1: I I, I love his music still. Like I just to, to, lyrically, he's got off the ball for me over a few albums. But like I don't like I think there's mental stuff going on, so I don't want to kind of like, you know what I mean. I don't know. No, yeah, like especially with mental health and stuff. But yeah, like, yeah. I I always like I, I love the guy as an artist. But um, but it 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 Lyrically is. When he first
0: came out with that college dropout album, was like,
1: oh yeah, it was unbelievable. Like even yeah. to this day,
0: you can throw on Heard Gold Digger and it fills the way. stage. Or yeah,
1: yeah, and like and even through the wire. Even like one of his best albums, in my opinion, was the one he did only two or three years ago. Kids with ghosts with Kid Cuddy who was in Cork with him <laughs> that night. The last time they were here. And, um, yeah, um, so Kid Cuddy is another artist I like. So him and Kanye are quite close, and he opened for me in the marquee. But, uh, yeah, um, so, yeah, hip-hop, like, it's, it, I look at that as the base of everything because it also brings in other stuff like the street art and uh, the dancing and the DJing and uh, the rapping. And so I think it's um, also over the years in Cork, it was very DJ-oriented in the 90s. Then in the 2000s, 8 Mile came out and everyone wanted to be a rapper. <laughs> and uh, that was exciting too because there some really good young rappers around then. And there's some good ones around now as well. But it, it's yeah, cool there's the a couple of ones coming cool up. It
0: more, right?
1: It's cool the way it develops. Um, but it's mad the way... Um, but again... You know, like people start off they're 13 or 14 and then when you're 18 or 19 or when you're 20, 21, you're kind of going like, Jesus, am I going to make a living from this? It's tough. You know what I mean? So that's why I always encourage people to treat it like a hobby. And if anything else happens, then it's a bonus.
0: Yeah, that's it that's it that's it so your first gig and then straight into sir henry's like jesus man let's like yeah for djs like me back in the day i'm only a wedding dj but uh doing clubs and stuff like that sir henry's was some spot like the stories to be told out of there and stuff it was uh yeah
1: yeah quite a place
0: to get your second or third gig in like
1: yeah and i was really lucky that i got a residency it was only a sunday or a wednesday or something but i'm the guy who the guy who was the guy I looked up to donkey man from that bar donkey's ears. Yeah, yeah He yeah. eventually hung up his headphones and uh, he, and I was going to America at the time for the summer. And I was like, I just started doing his job. I think he either said it to me before, when I came back or before I left, but they were like, listen, this is yours. No man. So that was me then for ever, like on a, on a Saturday. So I was just, I was delighted to play there once. I would have been happy, like yeah, but yeah, even yeah. to this day. I always make this analogy that, like, playing music to even one pe- person is a buzz. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you could. I could be doing a Facebook live there, and there could be one person watching, but it's still a buzz. Like, you know, that's why we're doing it. That's why we were doing it during lockdown. Yeah, there mightn't be anyone watching, but like, it's it's a good buzz sharing your art, just even if there's no one. It's just yourself. So, but to play in a club and to have people into it is even is just like to this day i mean obviously we miss it at the moment but like you even those wet, you could be doing a wedding you could be doing anything man and you could be having the worst night like and someone's up giving you like some auntie is up giving you a beauty <laughs> or something's <laughs> happening but you could play one tune and it can, you can even change your own mood like you know yeah and that's one of the powers of music and that's why that's one of the reasons why i really like it you know
0: yeah no it is cool it is it is definitely cool and like you said it's got it, it, when when you play that song regardless of how your night is going and it fills the floor like it's just yeah. it's just a sen- se- sense of uh accomplishment to yeah. a certain degree and then you can keep feeding on it and feeding on it And then the crowd are reacting to like you feel like almost like a puppeteer to a certain degree yeah, yeah. where you're able to sort of control to control the room you know yeah. um and it's great it's fantastic it's definitely the best thing i've ever done i i used to fight for years i boxed for a long time and i used to love the adrenaline from that but uh then took over dj to try and find something to sort of replace boxing and dj and took it up fairly fairly quickly so yeah, yeah it, it is great
1: it's good man it's like i like it uh, i mean i love it like it's it's a good buzz. hi to neil neil's hi shouting you know, that's arthur, we also arthur to- as well he's coming on. DJ I Mystic Gold, d- man. Do you DJ.
0: get do you get the embarrassing dad thing yet about being a DJ at your age? Or, your boy still saw my dad's uh, DBG?
1: <laughs> no, like, no, they're totally embarrassed. So embarrassing. My daughter DJed with me now during lockdown a couple of I days. saw that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, they're totally embarrassed by me. But you know <laughs> what I mean? If you're if any self respecting kid is going to be... Like, mine aren't even teenagers yet, but any self-respected kid is going to be embarrassed by their... Like, that's, my, that's your job to embarrass them. Like, if I was... Really, if they were into exactly what I meant or whatever, I wouldn't be doing my job and they wouldn't be doing theirs. So.
0: That's it, yeah.
1: That's just part of the whole thing. They're like, oh, my God, like I won't. Be-. like, Because they could naturally DJ the two of them, no problem. They're both into music and stuff. But like they'd be like, no, they want to get a real job. They're probably better <laughs> off, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, could be, could be, could be, brother. There's a lot. There's a lot of people, a lot of slack going on, especially with live music and everybody doing gigs, DJs, bands, all types of artists. Uh, with the lockdown coming on, the, the strings mm. are being pulled quite quickly. And if we look yeah. at the way the pubs and clubs are going, it mightn't be until the end of the year before some of these people oh, get yeah. back at it. Like
1: it's very tough. Like I wrote about this for the Echo on Thursday. Now I've written a bit about the lockdown already. Now, mine wasn't a kind of like, oh, poor me, because like we are in the first world in Ireland no matter what. Mm-hmm. Now, I've still been doing a bit of radio and some other little bits. I do some teaching as well with some kids and stuff, uh, with music, actually. But uh, for me, the big thing is uh, Ireland markets itself on the whole crack and the whole partying and this and that. And I do think the industry like... Obviously, the pubs have a big say anyway because they have a powerful lobby group, the Vintners Association. But when it comes to, like, when it comes to DJing, the Vintners were like, oh, we, we don't care. We went open. We don't care about DJing live music. But, like, Ireland uses this as their whole marketing thing mm-hmm. all the time. And I think, first of all, now, you really got to, first of all, look at clubs which don't have a lobby group. But they got to take that seriously. They got to leave them open later when they do open. They got to support them. Like it's gonna be like it's very hard for a club anyway because you can only make mm-hmm. money for like a couple of hours every week. Like I've been there, done that with our club, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm still paying for it to be honest. But yeah. to be honest, it's it's gonna be very very tough. Now, it is an opportunity for them to look at everything. No, I don't know if the go or I don't think the government or anything would have the vision to be honest. Mm-hmm. But if you did look at it, like Ireland, everyone loves coming here. Like you know, mm-hmm. we are uh, party people, and and it's not all. It shouldn't be all uh, drink related like i barely even drink you know what i mean i might have a glass of wine here and there so mm-hmm. it's not all drink related like which is all what the vintners are about like i think they should look at the music scene culturally uh leave the clubs open later have not have them to pay huge licenses leave o- outside parties they're doing outside seating now it's been a big success and just open it up you know and and you'll like it'll solve a lot of the social problems because mm-hmm. lots of the problems here, which they ironically are trying to get rid of, are binge drinking and all that. Lots of that is caused by um, by the closing hours and people are always running around and doing shots and stuff because they're always like, yeah. "Oh, it's eleven, I got to go to the club," and "Oh, it's two, mm-hmm. the club is over, we got to go to the house parties." And we all know the house parties we've seen that during the lockdown that it's not the ideal thing to go because, like, there's no medical help there if something goes wrong. If if the people can take whatever drugs or whatever. Uh, people can binge drink or they can drink whatever and there's domestic violence. there's all sorts of other stuff happens uh mm-hmm. behind closed doors but no matter what happens even though clubs are made out to be like these kind of like evil places like you can only do so much bad at a club because there is security there you know what security, i mean you can't go like you can't i mean obviously stuff has happened in clubs but you can't exactly like like for example henry's one of these reputations in the 90s has been like Oh, this is like, you know, this is like debaucherous, like, but not never bad happened really in there. Like there's a few fights outside and all that, but like yeah. in it, like people have this whole thing. So this is going to happen anyway. It's like what happened in the, the States a hundred years ago, prohibition. Mm-hmm. So, w- which is like at the moment, everything is, they're tr- putting things underground and there's raves and house parties. So I think you got to open it up and respect the culture a little bit more and uh maybe stimulate that as well and create like look at all the jobs like you know you know and i know it's not just djs like you know and i'm on about the live scene i'm on about all the people the sound engineers all the people booking and all the 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 people working in bar like this is like it's going to be tough for people to be working during this winter and next year so there it, it is one way overnight where you could really like and they're always going on about tourists. So, like, like tourists are coming up to me, embarrassed. Like, when you're saying, saying that at two o'clock, you got to finish. Like, yeah. You know I mean? yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, are, I'm embarrassed because I'm like, listen. And they're like, hey, we just came here, like, and I'm like, yeah, man, this is Ireland. Like, look at the yeah. law. This is the. But anyway, that's my little rant for the evening. <laughs>
0: well, I can preach with you, but I have a pub as well, and I can tell you, it's it's yeah, man. A, as I always say, it's uh, alcoholism is not happening on the bar stool anymore. It's happening on the couch in front of the TV. Exactly. You know? like and, then- and that's what's happening. You know, you have the likes yeah. of the big supermarkets selling alcohol at big prices, for or for little prices at big amounts of volume, cheaper than what I can get it from my suppliers. You know, And you've been yeah. in the game. You know full well yeah. that the big man. supermarkets can sell it at a loss. So why are we paying everything that we could be paying if we can't even buy it as cheap as what they're yeah. selling it as? Um, yeah. And it's just... And it's- it's- two-tiered system like
1: yeah and if you're like any business like you know lots of these are independent businesses i'm not on about weather or anything like yeah yeah. like if you're if you want to support um like as mystic gold just said there 130 is the time to go to the club back home it's true like you know if you're i remember djing in leeds and manchester and places and finishing at like one o'clock in leeds or in manchester i finished my it was a late barry gig then we got on a train an hour, had a few drinks on the train and went up to Leeds and my friend was DJ in Leeds till about five a.m. Yeah. Actually, and the club was open till seven. Now the beautiful thing about her is no matter what, in a club, different people will leave at different times. So yeah. Some people pull a girl or a guy or whatever. Some people get too drunk and they just fall out of the place. Some yep. people are ready to party till like eight a.m. they'll stay and it just and so in, do, in that club in Manchester or Leeds or wherever it was, the whole thing flowed. It was none of this Patrick Street or, say, the Fountain outside Hillbillies. Everyone was like, there was a bunch of black cabs waiting outside. Mm-hmm. The restaurants were still ticking away and everything was smooth. The whole system, you could even open a nice cafe and it wouldn't be full of like, because you know yourself, man, it's like, what, what have you got outside Hillbillies or wherever? Like, it's just everyone at the same time and more trouble. The cops don't want to deal with it. The nope. cabs, the cabs are driving around stressed out of their heads because yep. they only have two hours to make their money for the week. So look, we all know this, and that's the way it has to go. Uh, take the European model; they do it quite well. Did you? But, um, but that's when we're in government, there, man. You and me, <laughs> we can, we can bring it
0: so There's man. been stranger things said.
1: <laughs> uh, but but uh, that's what we can bring in anyway. Uh, I definitely takes. I definitely take something. We'll get, uh-huh. a we'll get a good pension then as well. <laughs> Better just, than B.J., anyway.
0: Well, that's it, yeah. We can make our own wages, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Give ourselves a raise if we want to. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely... I definitely think you're onto something there, especially with the, the late bars and stuff like that. And, like, you know, and for people that are listening, to go from one o'clock until half two is is nearly a thousand euros between licensing oh, and, and all that. that and then you've got bouncers thing. and it's... Look that at it, like you just see thing. all the money just rushing from your face going the insurance. Yeah, but the, I doing that. Thing
1: is the like this whole late license, which costs to, when you have to get uh, legal fees, and uh, like that whole licensing thing is an absolute like it got just put. And this is like if you're a small bar on a Monday night kind of thing, it yeah. doesn't matter what. Or if you're like the biggest bar in Dublin, the Copperfish Jacks, who make about a million euro a night. Yeah. So, look, it's ridiculous, but we know that. Uh, let's go back talking about the music or something. I'm only going <laughs> to yeah. get angry you know. We can start getting angry and cranky and start yeah. and crying. <laughs> I mean, it's going to turn into like the Joe Duffy show here, man.
0: <laughs> so what was it like opening for Snoop? Was I that actually fun? Did you get to meet him backstage? I
1: didn't meet him, man. But you know what? I have a picture of him on, on my Facebook somewhere, but I found a huge packet of uh rolling papers, branded <laughs> Snoop. Snoop branded rolling papers man but no I didn't, I didn't meet him I have to met, I posted a picture of the menu too which is funny um but uh, I didn't meet him at all no and he was brilliant though and yeah, I didn't cool. I also didn't meet 50 cent I didn't meet Jay-Z I did meet Destiny's child I warmed up for them in Dublin uh and I met Kanye West uh I was chatting to him for ages and he was actually not a bit like the persona uh, yeah, he was yeah, pretty yeah. cool um but yeah um but snoop was good like i mean what could you say about snoop like he's just one of those actors <laughs> And yeah he's so funny like you know yeah <laughs> well. he
0: hires a guy now just to roll him blunts and stuff like that he's oh, on 50 man. grand a year just to roll him blunts. You know you've
1: made it then like you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, <wow>. big balling <laughs> what a job what a job <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I
0: like Snoop. I should, like you said, he's been around since the beginning of time. Yeah. You know, and it would uh,
1: be cool to have those shows in Cork again. You know, because it like, would be the knock-on effect again is massive. Like you know, if like I remember
0: figure out with this uh, live area, like this exactly. entertainment center,
1: because like people used travel from Limerick and Clare and Dublin and stuff like that. Like, like I work with a lot of youngsters, and okay, now at the moment everything's gone, but like. Say last year, or whatever, there's people literally going to Dublin. Like, I'm going to Dublin myself, doing a lot of my DJing there. Mm-hmm. There's people literally going up the motorway every five minutes to see Drake or whoever yeah. else is out. Then there's a, if you're into sport, all the matches are in Dublin. You're going, and this is the Dublin economy. And like, our Cork is just like the perfect place for it. Like, people love that. Even when the big ones in the stadium, when Ed Sheeran or whoever play, like, everyone loves coming under Cork for the weekend because it's it's a bit more uh, relaxed than Dublin in many ways. So, uh, obviously, the event centre hopefully will happen. Even before the week of the lockdown, I was meant to be playing down at the INEC, which is a bigger venue than anything Cork has. Mm-hmm. I was meant to play down there for Nelly, before Nelly. But uh, that obviously got got uh, locked down in the end. Like, Nelly didn't come to Ireland for the – he'd be still here, actually, which would be probably, probably funny, <laughs> He'd be walking he'd be, around the place he could, on, he could be on the podcast with me you know, tonight man like, oh, Here's Nelly <laughs> He was meant to go back like Matt Damon there But he's been stuck He's been stuck, he's been stuck, in, he's been stuck in my attic there for three or four months
0: I can imagine hey, him Nelly. playing golf with the old head there Or something like that Yeah, exactly, yeah. That. <laughs> With he's his doing, plaster on the side of his face
1: <laughs> He's doing a few shifts in one of the cafes In town there
0: <laughs> Out serving the hillbillies <laughs>
1: Exactly man
0: <laughs> yeah I know but like that's like you know you say you never really had a plan for anything at all so of just fell into place like you've, you've got a resume there that a lot of people would like just to fall into place as you say like you know yeah. like,
1: big artists I, got lucky. Like that, like. I suppose I got lucky but like it's like the way I look at it is uh, yeah like I would have had a certain vision even though I wouldn't have had a plan I would have kind of like there, w- there are times as well when I've sort of stuck to even though uh, a lot of people are telling me, like, listen, you should. This is definitely the time to bail, like you know. But like, I am gonna. I know, like, I am gonna be involved in music this time next year, and um, it's just sometimes you have to stick to your guns when sense is telling you otherwise. No, I made a lot of mistakes, uh, on radio in clubs. Taking over one was not suited to my personality. There was other people involved, the uh, and we had a good team and. We did a really good job and we had some brilliant gigs there. But to be honest, it just, it was the wrong time as well. You know, 2007 was a bad time to start any business. But um, yeah, I still make mistakes. Um, and even when it comes to DJing, you know, I'm, I, I try to try stuff, you know. Like I'm mm-hmm. not like, a, I know my limitations. I'm not a scratcher or anything. more of a mix sort of style. Yeah. But I always would just... Sometimes I just get bored doing stuff, the same ones. So I just try stuff and I enjoy it. Like, and even tonight, no, I'm, I'm actually producing a bit more music now that, uh, the lockdown happened and I'm going to go and do a couple of hours now tonight and just experiment and just have some fun, you know, but it's good. Like, and a lot of the energy will be coming from, cause I work with a lot of youngsters. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. definitely, um, if you get that teenage kind of energy, cause, a lot of people when they do get a bit like older, like into the thirties or forties or whatever, just like, you know, it's like more looking back and I don't mind looking back and it's a, it's a good part of my heritage and I enjoy it, but uh, I, I'm more, more concerned about what's happening next, you know?
0: And any big tips coming from the Irish side of things? Any artists Uh, you're looking out on?
1: There's some amazing, like, I mean, I've never seen, it's so good. Like, I mean, at the moment, my favorite artist is a rapper. She's uh, based up in Limerick at the moment, Denise Childa. She's mixing a bit of rap, a bit of soul as well, spoken word poetry. And the crew that she's with, I've known them all since they were teenagers, Merle and God Knows, who were in a group called Russ and Gano family. So they just did a track, Merle and God Knows, with uh, the rapper Boney from Cork, who's kind of been, he was on the scene here. I remember giving him his first gig when he was 13 or 14 at Jam Jr. <laughs> but now he's like in the Jam Jr. Jesus, I remember that man. Yeah. Ah, so a the flashback. Bonnie just did a track with them. Uh there's some really good youngsters in Cork up in the cabin there at GMC's cruders, the Car and Sophie, little MC Tiny there, he's only eleven. There's some rappers, uh, singers. There's actually uh, another girl in Cork, Adajoki. There's Sailor Davida May, uh, another female rapper from. She's based up in Galway. There's oh, there's, there's so many. like There's, there's just really good talent around the place. Uh, lots of good soul artists, actually, which is uh, one of my specialities, as I say. There's a girl in Dublin called Zali. There's Tulu McKay. She's an amazing voice. So there's just this whole. And to be honest, this is actually happening now. Finally, radio is kind of catching some of these, like Soleil, for example, in Dublin, is getting a bit of radio play. Denise is too. But there's there's a whole wave that, like, if you look at, and again, not dissing other kind of music, but, like, if you look at Irish radio, it's very dominated by all those male bands. Like, this, They're very popular. Lots of them are very good. Like, they're doing their thing, like, Picture This, The Blizzard's, Coronas, um, what are they called? Coldline, all these bands, but there's a whole wave of soul and hip hop artists that have the ingredients to to get that kind of because uh, a lot of youngsters are into hip hop, you know. So I think um, I think there's some good excitement there in Cork as well, you know. Um, lots of really good ones, um, but we'll see what happens. You know, it's like it's a tough industry to make a living from. So um,
0: in every aspect,
1: yeah. So but there is it's a good hobby like music so i think uh sorry there was just a little fly just came across i think there i'm not I'm, I'm not doing a dance or anything <laughs> big box, but um, change light Bulb. <laughs> yeah so there's some the, so it, there's always good excitement there i'm trying to work with a couple of spoke 17 18 year old rappers and singers that we're working with they all they all dance we we do some projects in the Cork Migrant Centre here where i work in Ananaga Place. So there's some of them that I wouldn't mind trying to get recorded too. So we're trying to put in a couple of uh, summer, a uh, summer camp later in August. So together to help with that. And as I say, there's, there's lots of good, passionate people about the music scene. So things will come back, I'm sure. It's also a good
0: time just lockdown. If you use it smartly, it was a great time to sort of perfect your act as well, you know.
1: Yeah, come on chef and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's like I'm like, I have, like, so many people had like midlife crisis during lockdown, like me. I was doing TikToks every day at one stage, like, I was doing about <laughs> five a day. Then I was like, I was running like a moron every day. And then I was like, I turned, I was I, I road running. I, I, I prefer playing soccer and I still walk a lot and I do a bit of running, but it's mad the way the whole lockdown. But no, on a serious note, like, I was trying not to force it. I was quite busy, I was doing loads of gigs like in my kitchen all the time or in my attic or whatever, even in Red FM. But I was trying not to force the whole, because you start feel guilty if you're not using your lockdown time right. <laughs> so I was trying not to force it. And even with the production thing, I knew there was time I had to put into it for the last few years that I didn't have, and suddenly I had it. And I, I just didn't, for whatever reason in the lockdown, it just didn't happen. And only in the last, say, month did it finally, and this is normally a Back. time when I wouldn't have time, yeah i wouldn't like i always had the ideas but i wouldn't have time this time in the summer normally because of festivals mm-hmm. i mean the weekend coming is normally my busiest one there's independence altogether now and car pride all the gigs i would be playing in but uh this, this for whatever reason this july now kind of sparked a little bit so i just got that whole thing that like when i get off here now i'll do a few hours and did a few hours this morning and just to try to just and again it's it's just a hobby like but it's it's something that um if, if, if it's in you, you got to do it, you know. No, yeah, man. For me, I like I make a lot of my own music, some of it's even re edits from my own DJ set so it just gives you another. Um, what's that? Is that an ad I see there? That's an ad by Simply Suits. Wow, look at that, man. Simply Suits representing, man.
0: That's it, Adrian or Andrew, and all the boys over there saying hello to us.
1: Brought to you by Simply Suits. Brought to you by Simply Suits. That's right. I, I just roll in on the suit now for the last bit, like you know. <laughs> Tonight, Cabin Fever Podcast
0: Cabin yeah, Fever Podcast, tell you boy, I'll try and make a penny anywhere I can
1: Yeah man, cool, <laughs> not I was even
0: half thinking about selling my forehead for some billboard space Definitely, Because man. it's very shiny
1: I have a do whole know? head here man, so you know what I mean At the moment I'm up,
0: I'm up in the attic what? here trying to do this And I've got Things a small little quiet. thermometer here beside me And it's 29 degrees now up here I'm literally sweating like
1: My attic's pretty hard as hell, man but it's, it's a cool a place to do to this go. type of stuff though, it's fairly silent Oh no, right? brilliant, I'll, I'll do a bit of advertising there man I, I <laughs> need to get more muscles though, I have no muscles so. But my hair <laughs> is the, definitely I got speed. that one done in oh, Vegas, that, you see that one? Wow, 100% is it? No, 100% uh,
0: I have to win sooner more, or later yeah. That's
1: good, <laughs> Back That's myself, mate. Exactly. That's the way to do it man
0: Yeah, sometimes you, you gotta do it. it, sometimes you gotta believe in yourself If you don't believe in yourself, ain't no one gonna do it, like
1: You said it bro Do you know what I
0: mean? That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. So what's in the future? So for Stevie, you're going to just stick around and do your bit and do your thing. Any big plans? Hoping gigs get off the ground again?
1: Yeah. At the start of the lockdown, I wrote it off mentally this year. So I don't think we're going to be in clubs for a while. But... um, I've been trying to move out from depending on them like festivals are always something that I'm gonna be doing anyway next year, mm-hmm. but well, hopefully, but um, I'm trying to not depend on like I do private parties anyway, which helps, but I, at the moment that's gone too, so I've been mm-hmm. trying to move my kind of um do move into like teaching and doing projects with with the kids we're working with, so no unfortunately the lockdown has stopped a lot of the like a lot of that has moved online we've still done it. But, um, so that would be something I'd definitely be looking at. i definitely help develop some artists. Uh, maybe a couple of initiatives, like some of us saying do a podcast, but to be honest, I, I might end up doing something online that is a cl- if I could get the right balance between either doing some clubbing thing that is online, because a lot of people, you got to remember, have a bit of like social anxiety they don't want to be mm-hmm. in, at clubs either so mm-hmm. this so so there are other things in particular like that but um at the moment um just try to get some producer music uh get back hopefully uh to play out and definitely bring uh working with all the youngsters that's we've done the stuff I've been doing for the last three years is really getting a getting a big buzz from that. Uh, We're trying to get some funding for some more of that there, working with, like, to the people who are kind of from a different situation, That like, Mm -hmm. uh, it made sense for me, because my music is is from kind of, like, all around the world, so it made sense that when people from all around the world are coming here, actually, my Mm -hmm. music is music of, lots of it is made by migrants, Mm -hmm. whether it's Jamaicans moving to New York and creating hip-hop, or whether, so so it makes sense, and to be honest, lots of the excitement as well of, of different experiences that people are having and good and bad comes across in music, so that's why it, and even different styles of music, it's happening here, and we have it a lot what the dancers are working with too, so there's a lot of kind of cool colour coming and that uh, I'm, I'm involved with and getting good buzz from all that, so I don't know, we'll, we'll just see, but it'll be music related anyway, but at the moment, anything could I can't happen. see you over
0: there in uh, the school of music teaching kids how to mix and stuff like that, you know, a yeah, four-year well, degree in Stevie G.
1: Well, I'd like, I, d- I don't want to do it too kind of formally, but no, I, I'm I'm kind of doing stuff like that anyway, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, but, um, I, I'm i probably better at talking about the history of music than the physical, but, but like, because lots of, in my opinion, he, if you're like to me, the hip-hop again, I going back to it, it's like it's almost like a, you have to be a student of the history of music because it's all about the sampling and different styles. And so I try to teach people about all of that and do all the links between the cultures and like cause the physical side of it, it's a bit like riding a bike, you know what I mean? So, like you can kind of teach anyone can teach it all of that to themselves to be to, even mixing all that, I learned it myself and now, there is brilliant ways if you can really get deep into that. But, like, as I say, like, you know, I'm, I'm doing it myself. I'll be on YouTube to- tutorials tonight trying to learn bits for myself about my production. Uh, so you can, the cool thing now is you can go and grasp that for yourself. And, and the entry level to creating is a lot lower now than I bought a sampler in the 90s, and it costs like six, six or 700 Irish pounds, which is like, if you put that in euros it's probably about i don't know it's over a grand and yeah. like you, you don't have to spend that now like you know and we're putting records like and i still have like my whole attic is full like you know so now you can kind of do stuff you can be really creative on a phone or on a like my laptop here man i'll be just doing my bit ba- my setup tonight is very basic a laptop and a little um akai little pad thing yeah uh, and really? even before i i've bought I spent like fortune on more sophisticated stuff that I haven't even used. So that's, that's cool. Cause it brings, it means like for again, youngsters or whatever, like or even ulsters like me, it just means that you can create. Um, and it's cool. Like, like you no, know, you can see what we can do with, with vi- Like we're on technology. You know, you can see what people can do with videos or cameras. And, yeah. and it's a buzz, man. It's like, you know what I mean? When we were young, like, when I was young, a, a music video of something like Michael Jackson made, like, but no, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Some 16 year old, no man, he's banging out a rap tonight. He's going to do a video over the weekend and it could be cool. Like, so that to he's me doing is doing it all off his phone
0: but, then as well. Like, you know, and he's, he's able like, to edit it and do all his cropping and stuff like that. We got yeah. Neil coming in. What's your favorite gig? I think that's what he was saying. What was, what was your favorite um, gig? Or your best DJ big, gig?
1: The biggest one was definitely the Destiny show. Cause that was in the three arena. It was called a point at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Beyonce, man. I mean, what can you say? Loyalty. Um, but the best was uh, definitely probably some of the festival ones, like I would have played all the electric picnics and all that. So I did one in a, in the Body and Soul Arena of the electric picnic years ago on a Sunday and the, it's shaped in the natural, it's like in a forest, mm-hmm. but you're down, it's like there's this big, huge kind of like how do you say it? A hole in the ground. No, not a hole. Like it's a natural amphitheater in yeah, the ground. Yeah,
0: it's grope. a Coliseum type thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. Yeah. But rather than throwing stuff at me, uh, like in the Coliseum, like throwing bottles at me, they were actually <laughs> dancing to the music. But you are you were down low and everyone else is up high. Yeah, and it, yeah, was, yeah. it was just one of those nights when the other band didn't turn up too late and I got an extra hour. And it's always hard at festivals because you only have like an hour usually, but I got two or three hours that night and it was just happy. it was just I was on it like you You're know on I mean? point all the time. Uh but like there's there's just millions, you know what I mean? It's just like it's just uh I can't like I can't remember any particular one now, but uh, that one did speak to mind. But just uh it, like we said earlier, you know, it's a, it could be one of the best uh like you know what I mean? It can be it can be really disheartening and you could have a really bad 'cause no matter what way, I mean, we only talk about mental health now, like. But you know what I mean. Like, I'm pretty good at taking abuse, like. You know what I mean? Yeah. But sometimes you could have just the most ignorant person can come up to you and give you the most. Like, I remember there. Uh, it was actually at a private party about a year ago, and it's always
0: the private parties you get to feel exactly what they think of you. They think the it's God-given right to tell you exactly.
1: Yeah. And they were just, like, shouting in my face saying, this is the worst ever. And I always just drive the mad. I go, oh, thanks a million. I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's a great way of dealing with criticism, yeah, on the radio. Is. But, um, and then I eventually was, like, I said, what do you do? Like, she was saying she's a doctor. And I was, like, look, if you're, like, if you got a patient there, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to be, like, coming in roaring down your, like, that's the wrong prescription. But, like, she was, she was drunk, so, do you know what I mean? I know people always say it's girls too but it's not like it's guys as well but look that's the game uh, but on
0: on, on that point do you think then that you were saying technology was great do you think technology is hurting us then on the other side of it like you know I had had Anthony Fleming on with us a couple of weeks ago Mm. and uh I He's had the same the same technology. discussion with him, Anthony, one of the legends, by, and uh, I turned around. And I said to him, like, you know, the technology of Spotify, iTunes, the yeah. cheapness of technology now is probably hurting. I I feel because like you have anybody coming up now, and it's not as if that at, at one point, even when I started DJing back, well, I'm 32 now, I started when I was 18, 19. So however long that ago is, um, the DJ would have all the music. Now it's to the point where are coming up with their phone and going, "Come here, boy, play this," and you're going, well, "You know
1: what? I've never uh, even heard of it." Like, first of all, I look at it as because I've always had an attitude, like I, I won't have one of those t-shirts that says like "No requests" or anything, because yeah. I, especially if people are polite, it's to me it's the best market research ever, right? Yeah. Now, especially in the last in the last ten years, which is more multicultural. I I've learned so much from talking to people. So, some some girl from whatever she's originally from Nigeria whatever she comes up to me she's 21 and she's no matter what you are like i'm at music all the time and I'm always like researching it even all the teenagers we work with, and things move so fast now with TikTok or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm even looking at TikTok and going, what are the things that are popping, right? So this is like, you're getting free market research and someone tells you something. And no, obviously, sometimes someone's asking for the worst thing ever or whatever. But as regards to, you did make an interesting point because I I came from a a culture where the music, you couldn't, like, actually, the people's, and for me as well, we had to buy mixtapes. This is how old I am, right? <laughs> we had to buy mixtapes to get the music that some of the DJs were playing, and it wasn't really on, on radio. There was maybe a little bit on MTV, but MTV, well, MTV don't even play music anymore. No. So, But music was very kind of like, and now this is the thing that Spotify has changed or whatever. Now you can get access for pretty cheap or free in many ways. Everything is available, but it still makes... Uh, no, obviously, it's a disaster for producers because you don't really get paid. Like, I've had a. We've we had a moderate hit on. um, with a track I produced with my friend Ian Ring. We have a label. It's it's a dance track called. Uh, by our, our name is above that together. And we've had over a million plays on Spotify. Now we've got a few Bob from it, but like over a million plays you'd be thinking you'd be getting. But it's like. It's a pittance, right? No. Yeah. If I got a million plays of every tune, I could actually look at. But like, no, you. So for artists, they can't rely on, like, do you know what I mean? They can't rely on plays. Now, you do rely on, like, gigs and all that, but even that's hard and it's impossible at the moment. You can do merchandise or whatever. But so that whole game has changed, uh, and it does make, like, your point is someone can go up on the phone now and they've got access to every tune in the world, and it does make it a little bit more. But there's still um, – it's one of the reasons why I do my own edits Uh, I do but there's always a kind of like like there should be your average DJ in the pub if if you're a specialist DJ you should be a little digging a bit deeper and stuff and like there should be a certain degree of knowledge that I have that no one else can have or whatever that Mm -hmm. I I should be on a different like not better or whatever like but definitely on a different like my kind of I should have a uniqueness, we'll say, as yeah, a DJ. You're getting for, paid
0: to bring that special, you yeah. knowledge, that's the word, so, knowledge, so
1: for, for me, it would be definitely be pretty much up with the cutting edge stuff and stuff that they've never heard before. And I'd have a good, I have a certain sound when it comes to the old school stuff as well, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I know that there's a kind of a mixture between disco and soul, bit of house, but a bit slower and the blend of hip hop like out of a certain sound which is in the mid-range between hip-hop and house almost that will be a lot of my cornerstone tracks are and and it's just try to have that angle and different people like for example my close buddies greg and shane fish could have their deep house sound that they're known worldwide for corpus i yeah. known because of them more than anyone worldwide there's other people who'd be more of drum and bass other people more scratching hip-hop other people more African, Latin, and other people just more commercial. Like, you know, there's people doing the 80s thing. There's someone like Anthony, big party DJ, good, yeah. good on the mic, brilliant technology, did all the teenage. So there's, you know what I mean? It's, we all have our, our old thing. Uh, What's Arthur saying? Our technology and music are mixed. It's a free search that makes us more. Yeah, like I, and and the other thing is technology. I mean, even we're doing this now, man. Yeah, like I'm, I'm always about embracing it, and I'm like, Jesus, no, I'm like, the stuff I had to do to find out what a track was back in the day. Now I can not only Shazam at Google or wherever, but like, obviously, it was more special that way. But in the same way, I'm like, I'm not going to be one of these people who's like, you know what I mean? It's not the stone. I, like you just got to embrace it and move on yeah. with it. Like, and and I'm always like, I'd be, I'd go down a rabbit hole forever, whether it's on YouTube or anything, and. Finding out if someone—if I'm watching a movie last night and I see a, a track and he produced that and and I go into their wiki and find out all the books about just producing—that's and, and how you learn. And it, to me, it's 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 fun, you know. Same way with any kind of art, uh, films, music, and and I I just l- like embrace all that. Like I can't believe, to be honest, I can't believe that. I know they're always looking for a few bob here and there, like, but Wikipedia and all that is is effectively free and Google and. Like, this is all stuff that happened in, in my lifetime, and yeah, we're, we're lucky, you know what I mean? So I I, I kind of try to embrace it all, like, and and I know people will be like, oh, you're going to be replaced or whatever, but, like, you can still stick together a, a Spotify playlist on algorithms or whatever, but, like, it's still, if it's got the human touch, like, you know, it's going to be superior to me, like, you know.
0: And that's what we get paid for is that human touch. It's knowing when to press play. It's knowing when yeah. to drop that bomb to f- fill the floor. Robots,
1: or- yeah, if the robots do come and if they <laughs> want to make a robot of me, um, it should be easy enough to just get a little bald robot. <laughs> and if I get a few bobs from it, man, I'll do a few gigs around and I'll happily <laughs> sign my name. For we could actually get an ad here as well, man. I'll yeah, we do two. that for you, no problem. <laughs> what uh, would we call him? I don't know, Stevie um, Bean? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> we robot. But right, but we're anyway. going
0: to let you we're going to let you we're going to let you go all right cuz I know you want to get it. but we've got man. we've got the important part coming up now. We've got our rapid oh, fire man. 10 questions in 30 oh, seconds, geez. right? I didn't this is, know, this is it. the hard part now of our of our, of our podcast, right? Yeah. Man. So we got to make sure we've got the time and we're coming up there now on 20 seconds. So here we go Stevie G, first off my brother, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate you giving up your time, man. Thank you so much. And here we go. Phone call or text message? Uh, text. Uh, What's your favourite movie?
1: Uh, Rumblefish.
0: McDonald's or Burger King?
1: Burger King.
0: On a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a driver are you? 8. Strangest place you've ever made a phone call or text message?
1: Uh, I don't know. (laughs) A club. (laughs) I don't know.
0: A person you'd like to have dinner with, dead or alive?
1: Um, Maybe Marvin Gaye, I suppose.
0: Mm, that'd be pretty cool this is the most topical question now right ketchup in the fridge or outside the fridge outside outside my man to live forever or have the power of invisibility
1: uh, I suppose we'll take we live live forever there that's the aim
0: that's the aim we're all trying it uh, do you eat soup or drink it
1: uh, I eat it I suppose yeah I'm obsessed with soup yeah eat it I, <laughs> I don't know and what's the
0: What's the one thing in the world that annoys you the most?
1: Um, The one thing that annoys me the most? I don't know. I suppose we say racism, I suppose.
0: That's, that's a good one, my brother. That there, yeah. That is a good one. Stevie G, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so, so much. We'll be keeping everything Thanks, locked man. and loaded. And if you get up on anything, throw it our way, and we'll throw it up on all our our logs and all our podcasts and stuff like that. And we might even put an ad for Stevie G on the bottom. How does that sound?
1: Wow, amazing. My robot <laughs> it's coming soon, man. He's gonna be manufactured. He's gonna be ready for the late, late toy show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, though. And keep up the good work. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you.